Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. want to give a big shout-out to Par Hopper, our new golf apparel company that just came on board, Williams Tire over in Danville. Thank you, big man, for all that you do for me. Nobles Networking, Mr. Chris, you are the shit. Thank you for the internet service. Uh, our management company, Red Circle, thank you for all the corporate sponsors. It still blows my mind when I hear DraftKings sponsoring my fucking show, uh, especially with all the money that y'all have took from me in the past several years. Um, I'm getting a little bit of it back now. Thank y'all for that. Uh, as a lot of y'all know, my father broke his neck uh, last week, and it's the first week that we haven't had shows scheduled. So I went on TikTok yesterday, made a video, and I got people to tag their favorite tiktokers that actually had stories that uh could help people or folks they thought i would like um this guy that i'm fixing to introduce y'all to i've had the pleasure of talking to the last couple of minutes already like him he's a badass uh he's from boston too which i very much dig um or massachusetts at least i can't remember where he said but uh brendo go ahead and introduce yourself big fella uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I really do appreciate that. But uh, <clears throat> my name is Brendan. Everyone calls me Brendo. I am from the Boston area, so you did get me correct there. Um, and I'm just a guy that's been on a weight loss journey for quite some time now. Well, uh, we have had several people that have done the show that have talked about weight loss now. Uh, but uh, everybody's different. Not everybody loses weight the same way. Not uh, There's a lot of things that work for some people that don't work for others. So every time I hear an inspirational story like yours, uh, I definitely want to get you on board. I was one of those. I got 330-something pounds and uh, felt horrible, felt just just ugh, all the fucking time. So uh, I had to make a change. And luckily, I'm sitting at about 220 now. But uh, there's still times that I, I start gaining a little bit of weight, and I feel bad. It, it, it's quick. It, it sucks how quick it comes back on. Well, the thing is about weight loss and a lot of people like keep that as is like, oh, I have to always lose weight. I have to always lose weight. If I'm not losing weight, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And believe me, I've done this my entire life. I've always been like, oh, well, I'm not losing weight anymore. I'm just going to go back to where I was. I've done. But the biggest thing that I've learned from doing this is that when you are on a weight loss journey, there is going to be multiple weeks and multiple times that you are either going to gain a few pounds or you're not going to lose a single pound. And that's like the biggest struggle for a lot of people who have been trying to do this. So when you say over here, like, oh, I start gaining a little weight, like that's like my everyday occurrence. I have to weigh myself every single day right now. And every single day I'm either up a pound or I'm down a pound or I'm even. And I'm like, and so it's, a, it's just a fucking game, dude. It's literally a game you have to play and understand that it's going to always change. It's always going to be fluctuating. But yeah, it fucking, it sucks. Well, w what got me, dude, is where... I had went on such a strict diet. I had cut my sugar to where it was damn near non-existent in my diet to where I was under 20 grams of sugar a day or less. I was uh, 1,500 calories or less. I was eating clean as clean could be, and the weight was just falling off of me uh, with little to no exercise. Um, but uh, what would get me is I would have these days to where I was just so mal malnourished. I, was, I felt miserable, and I had a buddy of mine that told me, on those days that you feel like that, feed yourself. Eat and eat and eat because your body, it's not starving, but it's telling you it needs more than what you're giving it. So if you're going to, you know, be rough on yourself, every once in a while, give yourself a little bit of credit and eat something good. Well, 
when you say that it always it's a it's a funny thing you say that because like when you are overweight you always just have this instinct you have to keep eating right so when you are actually losing weight or you actually have lost weight and you're trying to put more effort into it when you have those days that you feel like you just need to eat which i'm telling you happens to me at least twice a week now like there's just days that i am constantly consuming the food um and mainly and we'll talk about this a little later i'm sure but mainly because of the workouts i do now but when you do that, it does set this like trigger in motion off in you that like, oh, well, this is just going to keep happening because this is what I used to do when I was, you know, X amount of weight. So then what happens is your mind and the serotonin start kicking in. So you just start feeling like you're uncontrolled, but it's just your body being like, no, you need more. Like you need to eat like you. And so like, it is definitely a huge mind fuck when those days happen, but you need to let those days happen. It's super important. Yeah, the only thing that I would do on those days when I really felt like that is I would still try to stay away from sugar because once I figured out that sugar has the same like effect on your brain as like cocaine does, yeah, uh, like it was just where like they're so fucking unhealthy. I shouldn't be craving sugar the way that I do, but uh, it's a, it's a mind fuck, like you said. What um, before we get on that, because I feel like we're going to jump around if we just start talking diet tips going back yeah. and forth, uh. So tell them a little bit about yourself, but before we really jump in this and get started, how old are you? Where are you from? Your mom and them, you know, all that good shit. Yeah. So I am 37. I am uh, single. I live in the basement of my friend's house. Uh, so I'm doing very well in life, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, but yeah, I'm 37 from the Boston area. I was born and raised here. Uh, my mom and dad just live right you know, down the street here. I got three brothers. I got a bunch of nieces and nephews. I have a ton of, I have five godchildren. Uh, so I'm, I'm a pretty big, like pretty big family and, and, you know, guy. So I'm like really involved in like everyone's life that way. But like, I was always like a, this, the heavy one. Right. So like every single family picture or every single family event, I was always like the heavy guy in the room. Like every wedding I had to get suits tailored. I had to get, you know, the extra leg room and like for the fine. And so like my entire life, I was always heavy. Like, and it started when I was like really like six or seven and it just, you know, I massively gained over time. And a lot of that had to do with like, you know, navigating life as like a teenager or like dealing with like heartbreak and then dealing with being bullied and like all, and it just like spiraled into this like vicious cycle for me. But like, I have a lot of support in my life and I never really utilize them for anything. So I sometimes forget like how much actual like support I do have in my life. And when you think about it, it like really, if you don't lean on that support, in either way, like if you're overweight or underweight, whatever, and you kind of forget about them, that's where like a lot of your demons can come out. Like, you know, so. Yeah, I was I was the same way growing up. Uh, out of all my friends, I was always probably 30 to 50 pounds bigger than everybody anyway. <laughs> like I, I, I always was. I like, I used to be called like, and I'm talking about like in, in high school, middle school. Yeah. Shit, like, like, so 50 pounds then is a lot. Like it's not a lot now. But then it was. And uh, so, like, they all used to call me Fat Boy. It was my nickname. And looking back at it, it was kind of like they never meant it in a bad way. But also looking back as an adult, it was their way of picking on me without picking on me. Uh, Well, you felt empowered because you had a nickname, right? And you didn't realize that, like, that nickname was actually, like, it subconsciously affecting probably your weight. And you just didn't even realize it. 
I'll guarantee you it fucked up mine. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Like anything that happened, like, I mean, same situation. I was always a heavy kid. I went to a Catholic grade school. I was one of 18 kids in my graduating class. And I was the only heavy set kid in eight out of 18 kids. So you can imagine the amount of bullying and disrespect that was thrown my way for almost my entire grade school life. It like became so bad that like I ended up going to a whole separate high school from everyone I went to grade school with minus two people. So I, I like I just separated myself from that whole entirety. But like I didn't have the nickname fat boys. They just called me fat. They was like, <laughs> you're fat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you smell or you're the fat chubby kid. Like, fuck you. Like they, they were like 18 kids can get real vicious because like you don't really blend into a crowd. Well, like, we'll see. I got picked on, I know elementary, middle school was bullied very badly, but then by the time I got to high school, like, I don't know how this was for you, but like my me, being bigger made me more uh, scary or tougher or more dominant than everybody else. So it went from pick on me now, if you want to, I'm going to slap the fuck out of you. Like, and, then, so- and, and then they get picked on it no more. Yeah, so there was I I actually made a TikTok about this just recently, but there was a defining moment for me and I can distinctly remember exactly what happened uh to this day like word for word, but in 8th grade I was so bullied. I like never wanted to go to school. I would always try to get out of it. Like I didn't want to be around these kids. Like it was getting close to the end of the year. I couldn't wait to fucking graduate. And we were all somewhere. I think it was like music class if I'm not mistaken. But we were at music class and we came back, but I, I went to the bathroom or something. So I was like the last one back and it was a small school. So like a lot of the teachers gave us leeway, like they didn't show up right on time for class. And they had wrote on the board, Brendan is a fat F word. Um, I don't uh, use that f- word. No, you uh, you don't have to. Yeah. So I'm not going to use the word, but they, they definitely use this derogatory term, but they also emphasize fat on the board. And I had walked in and I can distinctly remember the feeling as I read those words and something in my brain just fucking snapped. Like it was that moment where it was the first time I realized that something could set me off as small as this, right? I was really good at hiding all my feelings in the school. I was really good at dealing with the bullying. I was really good at going home and crying in my mother's lap and like telling her how much I hated school. But this was the moment that it was done. So I turned around and there was 17 kids looking at me being like, this is funny. Ha ha ha. And I remember distinctly saying who wrote that. And everyone just quieted down. And I was like, who? And I repeated myself, but I wasn't like yelling. I was just like, who wrote that? And one girl just literally did this and pointed the kid out was like, all right, I'm not going to be part of this fucking murder suicide. That's about to happen. (laughs) So she, she pointed the kid out, and I remember I just directly lunged at him. I grabbed him by the shirt. I pinned him on the desk, and I just started wailing away at him. Teachers came in like seconds later. I probably got a good three or four hits on him, and she pulled me off him. And I remember I went into a corner, and I was just fucking crying. I was a mess, and they sent this kid down to the office. So I'm sitting there being like, I'm fucked. Like This is right before we graduate. I'm going to be suspended. I'm, my parents are going to kill me. And all they said to me was, I'm glad you finally stood up for yourself. And they suspended that kid. They sent him out of there. And after that, I realized that no one was going to fuck with me again like that. Never. Yeah. The same shit happened to me in fifth grade. I still remember the fucking kid. His name was John. Uh, can't remember John's last name now. 
but I hope he, I hope he's uh, not doing well in life. Um, oh, I remember this kid's name, and I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not going to say it mainly because if anyone sees this podcast, I don't care. It's well, behind me now. Well, that, that's fine. I, I was going to tell you. I'm glad you didn't say his name. I know the kid's last name. We can't say last names. You get uh, sued, you get sued for last names. But I'm, uh, glad, yeah, I'm, that, glad, that, I'm glad you fair enough. That way. Um, but no, the kid did the same thing to me. Uh, my name didn't get wrote on the board. I honestly think it was a Valentine. If I if I can remember correctly, I think it was a Valentine. And uh, it was in my thing, and it was easy to figure out who did it because every everybody else in the class, like you had their names on these Valentines because you all the kids had to give each other. You couldn't just give it to one kid or whatever. And um, so his was like fat ass or whatever, whatever he said or whatever. And I remember waiting until school was over, and we used to have to sit in our desks, and we you have to wait if you uh, if you got picked up in the afternoons. Uh, while all the kids on the bus were gone, you had to wait till they called your name for you to go up front to uh, get in the car with your family. Well, it was me and him and some more kids in class that were still waiting like five or six of it. And I got up and I went and slapped it on his desk and I went to fucking town. Uh, I did get suspended though. <laughs> I did. I did. I got in trouble. I remember getting uh, in a lot of trouble, but I also remember like my dad like telling me like, hey, Sometimes you got to stand up for yourself. If you don't, then they're just going to make a joke out of you. They're going to keep going. It's, I think it's good to stand up for yourself in a situation like that. Well, like even recently, so like, uh, you know, we'll dive into this, but I've lost a ton of weight. And I was recently out in Boston with like a, a group of my guy friends. We were all drunk. We we're having a really good time. And we like started doing this like fucked up thing where we would yell out girls' names while they were walking by in a crowd to see if they would acknowledge. And if they acknowledge us, we just assumed that was their name. So we would like cheer and be like, yeah, we got it right. This is fucking great. And I yelled out like someone's name. I think it was like Jessica or something. And like this kid was holding like his girlfriend and I'm assuming it was her name. And he like said to me like, what do you got a problem? You fat fuck. And now I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of fucking things, but again, my brain instantly fucking snapped and I had to be held back by four different people. Um, because like I plowed through a crowd and I remember because like when I was like obviously bigger, I was like obviously harder to hold back, but yeah. I wasn't strong. And I remember and I, I like I was drunk, but I remember I grabbed the back of my friend's shirt and I lifted him off the ground one handed and just tossed him into the street like I was like the Hulk. I was just like, nope, no one's standing in my way. I'm going to fuck this kid up. This his day is done. I'm 37 and I still have that fucking instant reaction to anyone saying those words to me like it, it's the same it's the same way for me uh it's i don't know it's just i could be in the best mood ever and just playing around having fun or whatever and if somebody says fat or something to me about my weight uh in a non-playing way like if you're if it's one of my buddies and we're joking around or whatever it's one thing but if i don't know you and you say something yeah it's it's just like a fucking switch goes off it's like i go back to being that kid that was bullied but it's also like you just said i'm in a lot better shape now i'm a lot stronger now and when you say it it's like oh fuck you my guy it's over with let's do some work well yeah well the other thing is like it's obviously like a trauma response from like yeah. all the shit that you dealt with when you were a kid but like when you're older you have these moments where you can kind of decide like Oh, I don't want to. No, you know what? I'm bigger than that. I'm bigger than that. But we all have that one thing 
that you're not bigger than like you will literally stoop to that level and that is what it is for me like i don't care if you think of that of me and i don't care if you turn to the guy to your right and say that of me but if you say that to my fucking face dude where it's it, there's no connection there and i even remember the next morning i got a text message from in our group chat and our friends literally said all right note to selves never call brendan fat like <laughs> they like literally joked about it in the group chat and like i like obviously it was like still heated and pissed off about it but like they like no like uh, my friends know like it's just they some people would tell you you're sensitive but you're not like it's just something that like you it's like almost like you don't call people you know derogatory words because you know that it's going to offend them even if you're just playing around with them like you just don't do it like no, you, out yeah. of pure you know uh, I'll tell you this before we dive into your story in just a second. Uh, on my bucket list is to go to Fenway Park. And now I know somebody in Boston. So I'm oh, gonna we're doing it. it. 100%, gonna, dude. I, I'm just going to – well, I want to go out in Boston with oh. some real-ass Boston oh, sold. people. Sold. Uh, so I'm down. Like, I'm going to take the podcast – well, we already do. Like the company, they helped us. Uh, like they paid for us to go to Texas one time. They paid for me to go to Nashville. That's so, like, awesome. Ne the next road trip that I go on, I want to go to fucking Boston. And uh, so me and you just became boys because I already, oh. I already could tell. Me and you, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking bond, even if it's some trauma bonding that's about to happen. Here. <laughs> but, but no, I. I Dude, you, you're the shit. I know why people. I can already tell why people tagged you in my stuff yesterday. Well, like, like even to like get out. Sorry, hold on one second. I don't know why he's barking. Um, but like even in uh, like people will say to me, "Oh, you have this like magnetic personality. You have this like everyone's drawn to you. Like you have a super influence on people." That's another fucking trauma response because it when is. I would walk into a room, people didn't look at me as the magnetic, attracted guy. They hold on. Hey, good? hey, <laughs> sorry. We love when um, he literally barks at nothing. Like, yeah, the fucking the wind blows and he barks at it. He's just come here. Um, but yeah, so like and, and like it's funny you say this. So like the trauma response you have is because I would walk into a room when I was younger and everyone would be whispering about me and they would talk about me or like I would be bullied. And then what happened was I went to high school and I learned real quick in high school that if you were loud, obnoxious and funny. No one's going to pick on you because they're all going to laugh with you. They're not going to laugh at you. They're going to laugh at your jokes. They're going to laugh at what you're doing. So if you're this outgoing, very personal guy, your looks don't matter. Now, when it comes to women, it looks probably not going to matter. But when I was a kid, it didn't matter about getting friends. Yeah. I gained tons of friends in high school because I learned that I needed to develop a personality in order for people to like me and not look at me and be like, I, I hate him. You know what I mean? You, so, you are my trauma fucking brother. <laughs> uh same goddamn thing uh i dealt with and i didn't know what it was when i was younger i dealt with the depression and anxiety growing up just did not know what it was till after high school but so i used to think when i walked into a room that everyone was talking about like automatically walked into a lunch room with i still people. think that <laughs> well it's your it's your brain your brain playing playing tricks on you i'm a suicide survivor uh i try oh, to uh i try I, I well no it's fine uh, it is, uh, it's the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me. It happened in 2010. Um, I dealt with suicide, uh, excuse me. I dealt with depression and anxiety. It got the best of me because I didn't know what I was dealing with. And all these years of being picked on and everything else had bottled up and it just erupted. Well, uh, best thing that ever happened to me, but 
looking back at it is the lunchroom, the gym, wherever I would walk into, I would think that all these people were picking on me, whether it was about my weight, my clothes, whatever, mentally up here. And uh, finally, I even teach a, we teach a meeting now here at the studio. It's called the Still Riding Sessions. It's for people who have, have been down that road before and, uh, you know, wanted to end it or just people who, who need a support system. Um, so so I don't want to cut you off here, but I do want to let you know we do relate on that matter because I did go through a severe phase where, like, it was I, like, wanted to find the out. So I was just yeah. too chicken to do it. Like, I'm I glad could you never, are. like... Uh, yeah, well, it definitely it definitely happened. So like the depression and anxiety and the the fact of all that stuff, like we totally fucking related on that. I still deal with it. Like yeah. my anxiety is some of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life, and like I've gotten a lot better. And we'll talk about this more in the yeah. journey. But you, I didn't know any of that. So like my when I got depressed or anxious, I would get all fucking riled up. Oh, I would yeah. get all upset. I would be like this big mess. People would be like, oh, you're being dramatic. Oh, you're being this. And like I because I couldn't process it all. Yeah. So what I would do is I would get in my car and I would drive to fucking McDonald's. I would order forty five dollars worth of food, sit in my car by myself, let that serotonin kick in. And then I had a good two or three hours before it happened again. So that's where I learned that like eating your feelings was a real fucking thing uh like, that's a real fucking thing uh, i was the same way dude same same exact way uh but you know what I, i'll tell you something and i hope it helps you that feeling that we have uh that when we walk into a room and we think everybody's talking about us it's our our brain playing tricks on us the the best thing you'll ever ever learn to help that right there and it is going to sound cruel there's not a person in that room that gives a fuck about you. And I mean, oh, that in the, I, I mean that in the best way. When you realize that people don't give a fuck about you the way that you think that they do, it, it's, it's the most freeing thing ever. And you get to take then where you were loud, obnoxious, and everything growing up, and you still get to be that way, but you're being it for yourself. And I'm saying that that's why I am successful in the stuff that I do is because this took me a little over 10 years now of dealing with me trying to go down that road and learning and adapting and figuring out my demons and my triggers to where I, I, I can talk freely and take the taboo out of that with people. So, Hey, if you're ever in one of those moods, you got a buddy you can reach out to now. And, uh, we do zoom calls with a bunch of our people for our meetings. You can always join in. Dude, I would jump in any time of the week. Yeah. It's just like, it's like weird because like I've learned. So I used to be like one of those people that like, I would try to count on people to like help me through the situations. So I learned though, that like, you have to be able to help yourself as well. If that oh, absolutely. Sense. Yes. Sir. You have to be able to talk to yourself in a manner of like understanding where you're going. And now there is going to be times where you have to reach out to a friend. I have reached out to multiple friends in the, you know, even during this, the last four or five months, I've had to reach out a couple of times just because I get just too much, but like you have to learn to deal with your own feelings as well and process them. And whether that's going to therapy or taking up weightlifting or going to fucking this to gun range and shooting a bunch of fucking guns for an hour, you have to find something that's going to help that serotonin. That's not fucking food. And once you realize that you can, once you start feeling that way, that you have to find that like healthy outlet, it does help you a lot. Like it definitely fucking changes your mentality on yourself and on how you're feeling like tenfold. 
Well, it, it's uh, it, as crazy as it sounds, uh, people that have been overweight, like me and you, uh, our drug is food. So it's almost like you have to go through a mental rehab to where it's instead of getting that 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 fix off of food, you got to find it somewhere else. That's why you usually find people that uh, like with you losing the weight that you're doing and the weightlifting and all that is you're getting the same rush now that you're getting from weightlifting that you used to get from food. When somebody finds something to replace that and they still get the same rush from it, that's when you get addicted to something else, which being addicted to weightlifting is way fucking better. It's probably bad for your joints and back, but way better than eating fucking Mickey D. Oh, yeah, my hip is killing me right now after tonight's workout. (laughs) I'm too old for it, but I still do it. What got you to where... I know what my my breaking point was with my with my weight. It was just my health. I couldn't breathe. I was developing sleep apnea. Uh, I was choking in my sleep from my fat ass. Um, like I, I just I was unhealthy. That was my and I did not want to buy three X. When I got to two X, I was like, oh my god, I'm not buying three X. Almost had to. Um, like that was my turning point. What was what was your tor- turning point? So. There was like two incidences I can I can tell you off the top of my head. Like so one, I was in a wedding in 2017, I believe, and we went and got the suits fitted, and there was no suits my size at like a, a at like a suit store, like I don't even know, men's warehouse or whatever it was. And they ended up being like, Well, what we can do is it would be like two hundred dollars more, but we'll add more material to your suit. So when it happened, I was like, Oh yeah, definitely do that. And then like I started to like process it a little bit and I was like, Oh shit, like they don't have fucking suits my size, and I'm in this wedding. So I was like, Okay, well, I'm gonna try to get like at least a little weight off and like make it look okay. And I went the other way, I gained weight before their wedding to the point where their suit barely fit me even with the added material so i was i had the shirt it was tight on me the i couldn't button like i buttoned the top button but everything would be like stretched out like even standing up so when i i couldn't like leave it buttoned in any manner so like all the wedding photos they have of me i was massive and I like, I hate photos of myself. I've always hated photos of myself. Um, you know, even if they're selfies, I just, I find everything wrong with them. I always hit in the back of a crowd, but when you're in a wedding, you can't fucking hide from the camera. So you're in all these photos and they have all these photos hanging up in their house and you're just seeing what you actually look like. Now, they also gave us a photo of like the four groomsmen with the groom. And I remember they gave it to me and I opened it up and I looked at it and I fucking hated it. I was like, I fucking hate this photo so fucking much. But they were, you know, they were like, hey, thank you so much for being the wedding. Like, here's a photo that we got for you. We framed it. Thank you so much. We love you so much. And I was looking at this thing and I was like, if I'm thinking of this of me, what do they think about their own wedding photos? So it kind of got in my head a little bit. Right. And so it kind of fucked me up a little bit and I kind of like didn't do anything about it and then in 2019 my roommate and uh, a bunch of our friends we went to Italy and we did everything you could possibly think of we went to like the Amalfi Coast we like went to the fucking the Coliseum we went to the the Vatican like all of this big shit so when you're thinking of going to Italy you're like oh I'm going to Italy this is gonna be great but you don't realize it's fucking Italy and you gotta walk everywhere 
So the Vatican isn't just a church you walk into. It's like 26 miles of fucking shit that you got to go see. You got to walk through galleries. You got to walk upstairs, downstairs. You got to go left, right, and center. You got to go into rooms. And I remember halfway through, like one of our other friends had been like, I can't do this anymore. He's also was like me a little overweight. And he like just sat down and was like, I'm not doing it anymore. And I was like, no, I got to see the Vatican. And I'm like sweating. And I'm like dying. There's no AC there either. And I'm a fat kid. I love AC. I have to have AC on at all times. So there's no fucking a- <laughs> yeah. There's no fucking AC anywhere in Italy or Ireland or all the other places I've ever been. And I fucking I don't understand why any other foreign country doesn't know what AC is. But anyway, it's another topic. So we get done the Vatican, and I'm exhausted. And I remember my roommate was like, "All right, we're going to the Colosseum now." And I was like, "Same day." Are you kidding me? So we go to the Coliseum and I'm like, all right, we can do this. I get up like one flight of stairs in the Coliseum and I was dead. And I remember I was just like, I have to sit. So I missed the entire Coliseum tour because I had to sit like basically the whole thing out. Like I just like found a spot, looked over. I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm out of here. Like, so I knew nothing about the Coliseum minus people got fucking murdered there or fed to lions or whatever the fuck happened there. And I like sat I remember I went back to the Airbnb and I was just like miserable. I was like, dude, this is like, I cannot believe I'm doing this trip. Like we still have six more days of this bullshit. Like what is going to happen? So the friends that we were with, um, Rob and Christy, they, uh, she actually makes keto cookbooks and they were on keto for several years. Um, they love it. They were ranting about it. Rob, the whole time in Italy was on keto. And now tell me how you can go to fucking Italy and stay on keto. I don't know, but he did like the guy is a nut job. The guy's got to be a fucking beast. There's no way I could turn all that fucking food down in Italy. He probably, he, I think he lost like 60 or 80 pounds, like while doing this, but he's like maintained it for years. And now one thing I will say is the keto diet is super unmaintainable, especially for somebody like me who like loves fucking carbs, but that's another story. So they were like, you should do keto. You should do keto. It's meat and cheese. And I'm like, no, fuck that shit, dude. I love pasta. I love carbs. I love bread. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, you guys are literally telling me I can't live my life. Like, I got to fucking eat meat and cheese. Now, I love meat and cheese. Don't get me wrong. But I like it between two pieces of bread. Like, let's go here. <laughs> so so we go, we go, we come back. And I remember I said to my roommate, I was like, maybe I should try keto. Like, it's worked for Rob. But he's lost some weight. Like, we should try this out. So he's like, all right. So, like, you know, I go and I, like, start eating just meat and cheese like it wasn't like following macros i wasn't trying any of that and then like you know 20 pounds fell off and i was like now i also work a very physical job so i do a lot of walking in and out of stores i do a lot of carrying things like basically i do sales and delivery all day long right so i was also doing this at the time i just started there there was bets on the table whether i would last or not because i was so heavy and like i couldn't even fit into the uniform they had to order me a polo for me to wear Right. That's how heavy I was. So we get back. I start doing all that. I lose like 20 pounds. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty easy. So Christy sent us one of her keto cookbooks. She's like, hey, like, let's, you know, here's a keto cookbook. Like, you guys should do some keto cooking. So I started like following macros like crazy. I got like avocado oil. I got all the fucking weird shit. I'm like eating meat and cheese, but I'm doing it in the right way. Like, I'm processing all my food. And I suddenly hit ketosis. And within four months, dude, I had lost 100 pounds on the dot. I went Oof. from 389 to 289 in four months. How tall like, are you? I'm 5'10. Okay. What is a lot of people say they think I'm taller, but I'm not. I'm like, uh, like every time they meet me, they're like, oh, I would have thought you were taller. No, no I'm not. I'm, I'm just short and stout. But so oh, wait, no, 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 we can't say 5'10 short now. <laughs> it, might, well, it, it might be short in Boston, but it's above average in Georgia. 
Oh, I got, well, I'm not even above average in Boston for other things, so it counts. That a boy. So, yeah, so um, I lost 100 pounds, and I was, like, super fucking happy about it. I was like, dude, I'm at 289. This is great. I'm going to keep going. This is going to be wonderful. And coronavirus hits. And uh, I decided that doing keto, going to the grocery store and battling the massive lines and people panic buying and everything and fucking going out of their minds. I was like, I can't, I can't sustain keto. Like my how, work hours got cut. How I was like, it? How was it in Boston? Like, cause I, I, I found that it's been different everywhere. So every time I get a guest on, that's from a different place than I am. How was everything? We we're, we're, we're a very liberal state. Um, so we were like instant, like, Hey, we're going to shut everything down. Everyone's going to wear masks, but then people just fucking panicked. So I'll tell you this story. So I work in the grocery stores a lot. And I remember like the second, maybe it was like the second week, everyone was kind of like, oh, coronavirus, coronavirus. I remember like the store I was in had changed their hours to open early so people could go shopping because they knew like it was just so crazy because people started panic buying. It was 5.45 in the morning. The line for the grocery store was wrapped all the way around the grocery store. So there's yeah. probably 250 people already in line at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I remember I was in the store and I'm like filling like, the shelves. And I'm doing what I can. And I'm like, I got out of here quick. And all of a sudden the doors open up and it was like the fucking running of the bulls, dude. You would have thought these people had all been entered into supermarket sweep and Leslie Jones was standing there being like, all right, go. Like they were sprinting with carriages, running down aisles, grabbing everything they could to the point where like, I literally called my boss and I was like, I have to leave this store. There is like panic going on in this store. It was like people were running down aisles, crashing into each other, fighting over the last piece of meat for like nothing like it was like so i remember i went my roommate like a couple days later we went to the store and we literally waited in line we couldn't get chicken we couldn't get paper towels we couldn't get toilet paper and i was just like so i would have to go to like sam's club and wait outside on like a sunday morning and get first in line so i can go get a fucking thing to wipe my ass dude like that's like how it was in massachusetts it was just everyone panic bought everything and if you didn't get it you were shit out of luck literally seriously yeah, it never got that weird here. The only thing that it really got weird here on was shit paper. That that was yeah. the only thing that it ever ever got weird on. Yeah, no, it definitely got like it got hella weird for quite a while. Like we were like that for like four, maybe five weeks in a row of just like everyone was panic buying everything. There was toilet paper shortages everywhere. Like you couldn't find dish soap at one point. Like I was just like, dude, like what are people doing? Like. It, I get it. Like some people are scared of this virus. I understand that. But like legitimately, if you don't think you're going to be able to wipe your ass for nine months, you don't need fucking 19,000 rolls of toilet paper. Just Not, buy a fucking package and go home. Yeah. The, the toilet paper thing always has baffled me. Cause it's like, worst comes to worst. You can get in the fucking shower. I was just going to say that. I was legitimately like, at one point I just said to my roommate, if we can't find toilet paper, I was just fucking shower and wipe my ass. I just want shit at work. I, yeah, what, what is, like, like what are you doing? Fucking showers. Yeah, like it's, it, it, it always blew my mind that that's where people went was let's buy up all the ammo, which I completely understood the ammo. I, I'm a big supporter of second amendment, but the toilet paper it just, it always was fucking weird. It was almost to where I think the toilet paper company was like, hey, we're going to tell them there's a shortage. Oh, they, it, like hey, that's that literally what happened, though. Is I 100% believe the corporations went out of their way to, like, basically make money off of this oh, as much yeah, as they, they could. Did. 
And then they like, and like legitimately it's like, oh, there's shortages. But what they would do is just hold back supplies. So that way they would just get everything bought out. They possibly could like a hundred percent, definitely corporate ploy. I'm a hundred percent behind that on that. I'm not a big like fan of like, like, uh, what do you call those things where you're Conspiracy like, Conspiracy theories. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not a big fan of that, but I a hundred percent support the corporations fucked with, uh, coronavirus to make the most of their money. Well, and we'll like, say, we didn't even realize it. I, I'm one of those that I know the coronavirus was real. And I don't try to diminish it, but I am one of these people that believes that uh, if you would have died from the flu, if you would have got the coronavirus, if you died from it, I think you, your underlying causes is what actually killed people with it. And then, uh, and two, I think there was so much hype around it that if we'd have just let it run its course, treated it like the flu season, I, I just don't think it would have ever been that big of an issue. I think it was all driven from corporations and other shit for some weird fucking reason. I mean, I, I like a semi side with what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but I also like for me, like I'm like I said earlier, I'm a big family guy. So my yeah. mom has COPD. She does not breathe well as it is. So I was very strict about this because I knew like her underlying issues would kill her if she got yeah. coronavirus. So like they definitely went into lockdown. I definitely stayed away from them. So like and like I said, like I I have breakfast with my parents like almost every Sunday morning. Like I talk to my mom three times a week on the phone. Like we're very close. Um, so it was very hard to do that. But I, I get like both sides of the the coin where people are like, hey, man, like, you know what? If I don't want to take precautions, I shouldn't have to. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, because we live in America. You should do whatever the fuck you want. But uh, you I didn't, never mocked people who were like really serious about it. Like my nephew has uh, arthritis at the age of yeah. six. And he's on like serious fucking medication for it. So he has no immune system. So my brother, my, you know, my brother, who's like one of my best friends locked, like his family had to be locked in. Like, and that's just yeah. what they had to do because they wanted to protect their son because of his underlying medical conditions. So yeah, yeah. like I never, I, I side with that. Yeah. I never mocked anybody. I think it should have been everybody's own choice. Um, I think that if your family wanted to do it and my family didn't, I think that that's fine. I don't, yeah. I don't mind people taking the precautions. I didn't like the precautions being forced on everybody because I think it just made the situation worse. Well, yes and no. So, like, I do believe that some like the government saying it's a little finicky, but I do believe that businesses had every right to tell you guys to wear a mask because it is a business. Like, yeah. if they wanted to tell you in order to come into my business, you have to wear a mask, and they're able to tell you that. I do have a little bit qualm with, like, you know, there is sometimes that the government has to, like, control situations and i think this is not one of them i think they could have left it up to businesses like when they close all the gyms down like in like i think it was new jersey and one guy's like well i'm not fucking closing my gym down because this is my fucking livelihood blah 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 i think that the government was like okay well if you make everyone wear masks in the gym and you own you know everyone has to follow the fucking guidelines we don't care but then like, nope you have to have the gym like that that was like a little aggressive for me like there and maybe it's because more so because i go to the gym a lot now and if the gym's closed right now because of it i would be furious like and i would legitimately like throw fucking ham you know i will throw rocks through your window like that whole tiktok <laughs> thing like i will do that um but i do believe that they should have been like hey you know what like we're going to require if you guys are in Boston public fucking park, you have to wear a mask because it's fucking government property. Sure. But you can't tell everyone they have to wear a fucking mask at all times during the day. I, I do see the, uh, the catch on that for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm the same way. I mean, I understand, but the thing that just made me mad, especially from a mom and pop standpoint, and uh, maybe the gym you go to is a mom and pops. Uh, but like, how are you going to tell these people that, this is their livelihood. They can't open their doors. Like you're literally knowing that you're saying before this, this, the SBA loans and all that stuff came out to help people. You're literally saying 
you're telling me my family's going to go broke. Like you're, you're telling me I'm going to go poor because of this. I, well, I, the other, I, the I, other flip side of the coins, you just said SBL not to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, you're, but good. Like, no, you're good. You said the loans came out. Majority of those loans went to people who have the money to shut their businesses yeah, down. So that's, they that's didn't true. go to the people who didn't have the money to shut their businesses down, which is what that guy in New Jersey was literally fighting for was because if he went there, he wasn't going to get a giant chunk of that money. Like I'm pretty sure half the politicians that fucking work in America got that money because they're fucking businesses. They're not even supposed to own. They got that money because they were like, Oh, well, it's free money from the government. So we'll take it and they left the fucking jim smo from fucking you know new jersey to suffer and then he gets 500 bucks and they're like oh this is good you'll be fine like no worries yeah i'll tell you i believe that when it's all said and done there's gonna be a lot of lawsuits there's gonna be a lot of people that go to jail there's gonna be a lot of shit that out of last year from politicians and from people knowing what was knowing what was gonna happen i still think people are being investigated from it like i i, oh. I, I just don't see how that's not but uh, I mean, but, there's definitely going to be some sort of like backlash from all this. I'm not sure what it would be. Um, and I think the CDC just recently started recommending that we do this again. And like th if that happens, I do believe there'll be a moment where people are like, you know what? Like, like I'm vaccinated. I do support yeah. vaccinations and I'm not saying you have to get vaccinated. That's yeah. not what I'm saying, but I'm okay with getting vaccinated because it makes my family safer and it makes my family more comfortable for me to be around them. Mainly because I work in the public. Like I'm always constantly at grocery stores and CVSs and Walgreens where all these disgusting germy people go into and touch everything they fucking can. And then they leave leave and they leave me to fucking clean it up so i that's why i support vaccinations not because i, I think you should have it but because that's, i support it <laughs> i am completely fine with that i yeah. i'm i'm not getting vaccinated but i also don't have anybody in my family that i'm gonna be around uh every one of us have had it and they've been mild cases i know some haven't been but uh if you want to get vaccinated if it makes you feel better if you want to wear a mask it makes you feel better if you want to wear gloves it makes you feel better do all the precautions you need just don't mandate something that I have to do. That, that, See, the thing I can appreciate, the thing I can appreciate about this conversation right now is that we can have two semi-different views. And, we're, and I'm not saying, I think we're pretty much on the same page, but yeah. a little bit off. But then there, there's these people that if, I, I'm just generally saying, I don't care if you're vaccinated, I went and got vaccinated. Then there's these people who are like, why aren't you vaccinated? That's fucking stupid. You should be vaccinated. But on the flip side of the coin, there's the other people who be like, I can't believe you got the fucking vaccination. Like, oh, I can't believe you put that shit into your body. It's like, dude, it's my body, my choice. I don't give a fuck what you think. Like, you know, and so like the push, the pushing of beliefs comes from both sides of the fence. Yeah. And I think it's really like awesome that you can have a conversation with somebody who might not believe the same thing in you. And we're just conversating about it. Well, we're not trying well, to push beliefs. on. No. And, and that's the thing that I push on my show all the time, dude. If you go back and listen to some of the other episodes is... I want there to be different people than me. I, I am. Uh, I used to be ultra conservative. I'm not anymore. I am. I'm an independent at best. Like I want to do what is best for my family, regardless. If you're a conservative, if you're a liberal, if you have the best policy or you're doing the best thing for my family, that's who I'm going with. I think for too long there was too many people that didn't realize that it doesn't have to be black and white issues. It's a gray. We can all live in the gray and be okay. Uh, I, I have nothing against anybody that is completely different than me as long as you respect my opinion. I, I You stated what most people don't, though, dude, is uh, you stated facts. You said why you believe in what you believe in. I said yeah. why I, I believe in what I believe in. It's called an opinion. And neither yeah. one of our opinions is more important than the other one. So if you respect each other's point of view, 
That's how you actually get shit done in this country. If more people could have that conversation that we just had, it'd be a whole lot fucking better off. Yeah, literally, like 100%. Like, that's why I always see it. Like, I, I do have friends that are like, oh, well, like, and I'm like, no, like, in all honesty, like, you, you just got, like, you don't have to hate someone because of their beliefs or their opinions. Like, what you need to do is you need to be able to have your conversation with them so they understand your side of things and if they want to walk away and not take anything from that conversation that's fine but i don't need to waste my breath argue with them because that's what i'm here to do i'm not here to change your beliefs i'm here to just get to know you and hang out with you and like if you're a fucking good person and you're at the end of the day you mean well i don't care less what you fucking believe in like in all honesty hey, like I, I tell you it, it's insane i i say this all the time and the girl that i'm gonna say this about she always gets embarrassed right i but I am a Christian, uh, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I believe in what I believe in. I don't knock anybody if they don't. I'm a country boy, but I also don't believe in, like, the Confederate flag. Like, I'm opposed to it. Uh, I'm a very unique person to be born and raised in the South, right? And, but with all of my beliefs the way that they are, one of my best friends in this world is an atheist who is a mega liberal. She is a feminist. Uh, she is all these things that you would think that if we sat down in a room together, that it'd be like, oh, they're finna beat the shit out of each other. No, like we know how to talk and respect each other. And I love people, dude, that are different than me. And I, I just wish everybody could have these conversations without losing 100%. their fucking mind. I think a lot of things like there was just such a drive and device in people. And it was driven from politics. It wasn't driven because people were divided because, oh, like this guy ate a hot dog and I ate a hamburger. That wasn't what the conversation was about. It was the politics just driving behind it. And it wasn't the fact that like our politicians didn't try to help it at all. They were trying to egg it on. So they would always win. So it was like, oh, the Republicans, oh, the Republicans are going to win because we're saying this. Oh, no, the liberals are going to win because they're saying that. It's like, get shut the fuck up. Like at the end of the day, it's just what you believe in and you vote the way that you want to fucking vote. Yeah. And if you voted for Trump, fine, by all means. If you voted for Biden, by all means it just is what it fucking is man like it's what you want for your country it's what you want i could tell you all day who i voted for but it doesn't fucking matter to you no. because at the end of the day you voted for who you're gonna vote for well th so there's there's no reason why it ought to matter to me though it's right. your it's your fucking life i don't have yeah. no control over your life. if i didn't ask your opinion on who i was gonna vote for before i voted then i should not expect you to ask my opinion on who you're gonna vote for before you do it but right. it's fucking right for you. I mean, it's well, fucking. I have to also bring this fact up and this is to get completely off the politics subject here, but you literally perked my ears with your last statement that one of your best friends in this world is a female. Yeah. Is this, is that true? Yeah. So my best friend growing up since we were two years old is a female. <laughs> she is, uh, we have been best friends for 34 fucking years now. Uh, we have not separated except for when I moved to Colorado and she went to college for a while, but we, I'm the godfather of her firstborn child. Awesome. I'm best friends with her husband. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand that they think that guys and girls can't just be friends. Can we like hop on this subject here since oh, you're kind of in the same boat oh, as me? Absolutely. Uh, well, men, first off with me, men hate me. Men do not like me whatsoever. Uh, unless like you actually get to know me, I give off this. A lot of people call it arrogance, but I don't think it's arrogance. It's I've done found out that men will stab you in the back very quickly. So, like, my group of men that I'm around are people that I trust dearly with my daughters, with whoever I'm dating. Uh, I want to be able, if I cannot trust my girlfriend with you, uh, as far as you saying something that you shouldn't, then you shouldn't be my friend. You can be an acquaintance, but you don't have to be a friend. Women 
I'm just friends with a whole lot more of them because they can't tend to have more drama, but they can't, they tend to keep it way more real. And they, they tell you stuff that you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. And I fucking love them for that. It's interesting. So I actually just recently on TikTok got in a battle, like one drunken Friday night, because like one of the guys I follow who's from Boston as well was trying to sit there and say, well, you, men cannot be friends with females because if you are friends with the females, you instantly want to fuck them. And I'm like, that isn't true. So like, and I get it. There is definitely plenty of females that walk in the room that I'm like, oh, hey, what up, girl? Yeah, but exactly. there, if I go to a party and I'm having a good fucking time and I'm laughing and joking with you, it doesn't mean I'm fucking sexually attracted to you. It just means we're having a good fucking time. And so everyone looks at my best friend and like, I, so I post this big thing on TikTok, right? And I'm like, it's her 30, 36th birthday. I'm going to make a TikTok about it. The fucking thing blows up, right? And I'm like, post all these pictures from when we were growing up and like how she's my best friend and like I would do anything for her. And everyone in the comment section, dude, was like, can you tell me how you were friend zoned at the max to 100? And like, then they, she comments on the video and they all start attacking her, being like, why didn't you give my dude a chance? You fucked him up, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you right now, if I ever saw my best friend naked, I would 100% never go back to women again. <laughs> because I have no fucking desire to see that thing naked. If she, she used to come out in a towel when we were kids, and I would literally be like, oh, my God, dude. Like, because there's no desire whatsoever there. That is like seeing your sister fucking naked. Exactly. But most men think that there's this thing in your brain that says, oh, it has a pussy. I need to chase it. Like, no, you don't fucking need to chase it, dude. Like, why don't you try having a fucking conversation with somebody to understand who that person is? And then you can decide whether or not their pussy is good to get into. But I until then. The same fucking way. Same fucking I 110% agree with you. That is why, like, I have such a good reputation with women on TikTok. This is like my 120th show or whatever in like a year or whatever, not even less than a year. So there's been women that have came into the studio that have been alone with me in the studio. Um, and I have nothing but good reputation as far as how I treat them. And most of them actually end up are surprised, especially the single ones. Uh, but it's like this. You can't fuck everybody. There's no, no there, you, you, you cannot sleep with everybody that you come across. I don't have to be friend zoned. I can read the situation and know, hey, look, I know me and this person are better off as friends. There's no reason for me to hit on her. There's no reason for me to imagine her in a sexual way. Let me go ahead and like, is this woman attractive? Yes. But there is no reason why I should sexualize this woman. It's never going to happen for me. And, well, and it, like, yeah. at 37 years old as well, like, I don't need to get laid. Like, I want to find someone that, like, I want to lay with in bed at night and, like, wake up in the morning to and text all day long and call you and smile at you and do all this shit for you. But I'm not looking to just, like, walk into a room and be like, you, me, bed, now. Like, that those days are over for me and they never really happened for me being a fat kid. Like it wasn't a lot, a lot of times that I walked into a room and some girls like, Oh, Hey, what's fuck? So I guess like, maybe that's more of a trauma response for you and yeah, I, pro probably. Where, like, where we just like walked into rooms and we didn't expect girls to throw themselves at us or like do us. So we just instead became friends with them. And sure. That's probably part of the trauma response of everything, but it is absolutely astronomical to me that guys think that like girls have to, be sexually attracted to them in order for them to have a conversation with them. So like, it, to me, like that, I could like walk in a market basket tomorrow. Well, well, sorry, you don't know market baskets, a grocery store up here. And if I ran to somebody that like, I haven't seen in 10 years, that was a female. 
I'm not sitting there having a conversation like, oh, you're dating anyone right now? Well, what do you do last yeah. night? You're going to go out tonight? Let's go get drinks. I'm asking them, like, what are you doing in life? How is your life going? Like, you're married? You got kids? Like, what happened after high school? Like, I want to get, I want to know what's going on with you. I, I could care less about like what you're, what you're doing tonight or like where you're going to go later. Like, but you know, there's like a lot of people out there. It's like, oh, I met this girl and like I saw her from high school. So we're going to hang out tonight. It's like, yeah, let, let, let me ask you, that actually leads to a very, very good question, and it'll kind of wrap us back around to the weight loss thing. Have you, has it been, this has been an issue for me, and I think this is just like my petty side. Um, growing up, there are women that never paid me any attention whatsoever. I'm talking about none, none. Second I lost weight, the second I grew a beard, the second I got on country radio, all this other stuff, all of a sudden, these women have ended up in my inbox and it's just like, I, I do not ever know how to take it. Like, I still want to be like, you know what? You ignored me before in my life. So you can kind of kiss my ass now. So we got to relate to this here in a sense. Like, like trauma response again here. Yeah. There was plenty of girls out there that I chased that I would like literally Same. 100% would have drained my bank account, gave every fucking dollar to her for just to hold my hand in public one time. Like, right. Like, and now, yeah, people can go out there and look at your, this podcast and be like, Oh, that guy was always fucking desperate, whatever. It doesn't matter what it's it was. Desperate. There was you these people that I was, I was attracted to that I did not want to be friends with that. I wanted to get to know in other ways. And they like, would never give me a chance like right so and my whole life it was like that and now i'm on tiktok i have 115,000 followers i've lost 130 pounds and i have never had a more full inbox in my life and i'm scrolling through one day and usually like you know no offense anyone listens to this podcast but i don't really respond to a lot of messages via tiktok because i don't want to give anyone the wrong idea right so there is a time where a lot of people are like, Oh, you single, you dated. Like, what do you like? Sometimes like that's a little overwhelming, especially where I come from, because I've never been in that situation where a lot of people are attracted to me or a lot of people want to deal with me. So it's, you know, my anxiety gets to me a lot with this and like, it's a real big battle right now. Um, but I'm scrolling through one day and this name comes up and I'm like, no. So I like fucking click it. And the message literally says, you look fantastic. We should go for drinks. This is the same girl that f six years ago, I would say to her, hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? Do you want to get together and get drinks? And there would always be an excuse. Oh, I got this going on. But then her Instagram story or her Facebook thing wouldn't match to what she told me. But it's still, I would still ask her, hey, because she never really said, hey, I'm not interested. So I would continue to ask her. And then eventually she's like, oh, I got a boyfriend. This is also the same girl that was hanging out, like you said, trusting your friends behind my back, knowing that I was severely interested in her and him knowing I was severely interested in her. They were hanging out behind my back. So this same girl came into my DMs recently. So when you say that, yeah, this is why I say that. I could give two flying shits where you are now, what I feel like now. I couldn't, I wouldn't date you for the fucking world. Like, not at all. Like yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, it it rubs and I'm me. petty. I'm really petty too. I, I Sorry, too. I, no, I'm I very too. petty. It, it very much rubs me the wrong way. Um, there was a girl when I first started in radio. I'm talking about uh, a couple years ago, and this woman I had obsessed with growing up. Like I had obsessed, never paid me attention, never nothing. And the second that you know, everybody around here knows me. I'm on the top country show in the state of Georgia. Like everybody around here, I wanted to be my friend all of a sudden. And this girl 
I almost let I almost this is probably ugly me and I'll probably pay the price for it one day. I let her on. I, I let her on on purpose saying, Oh, we'll we'll go do something. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. And then I would I wouldn't never stand her up. I would never tell her to go a place and me not be there, but it almost came close to that a couple of times. Uh but I, I came to realize like that does that doesn't help. It doesn't make me like a better person for it. But it makes me. But it sure fucking feels good. It sure fucking feels good. I'm sorry. It feels fucking good. It does. That it feels good. It's where you're like nothing has changed about me besides for fucking people know who I am. Nothing around here, like in Boston, probably nobody knows fuck an idea who I am. In Georgia, I'm okay. People know me. But like, it it pissed me off to where it took me getting a little notoriety for you to want to pay me attention for me to lose a little weight. Uh, honestly, I was probably a better person when I was fat. I promise I probably didn't have some of the, the, the confidence that I have now. Um, I honestly believe, and you fit into this fucking category, my guy, I believe there's not a better person in this world than people that used to be plus size that lost weight because they know what it's like for people to pick on them. So they never pick on anybody. They know what it's like to look within somebody instead of the outer beauty. It, People that were big and have lost weight are people that are still big and they're healthy big. Like, they're the best people in the fucking world to me. Yeah, it's, like, interesting because, like, uh, to tie back into, like, the whole weight loss thing. Like, uh, so, obviously, I started making – so, a little bit back up here because we didn't really get into the after coronavirus hit shit. Yeah. But to, like, back that up a little bit to spin this around tenfold. So, coronavirus happened and I ended up gaining back, like, 30 pounds in, like, almost a year. Cause like I was, you know, not working as much. I was like drinking, I was partying. Like, you know, at one point we said, fuck it. We can't do this anymore. And like, we would have small gatherings at places like, and we would drink and like, it would just, it just became super unhealthy and I wasn't really following the thing. So I started gaining back like 30 pounds. And in February I started doing things on TikTok, Right. So like I started slowly building up a little bit of a following, but I never talked about the fact that I used to be 400 pounds and now i'm at like you know 300 pounds or change or whatever and i remember like i just happened to be like live jumping to people i'd followed and this kid had posted this video and it was like this video and it was like you ever just want to fucking pack your shit up and fucking leave and just like never look back and like how exhausted you are and how like everything just fucking sucks and like and i remember seeing that video and be like this fucking kid knows because i started like spiraling a little bit like in in like february like i started losing my mind i started getting like really anxious really depressed like i hated who i was i hated that i was gaining weight i hated that i couldn't figure out how to get fucking back into it like i just like was miserable like and i was like it was coming out at work like i was you know work like i fucking ended up getting a lot of trouble at work i don't want to talk about why but i got in a lot of trouble through work i got in a lot of trouble at home like it just like everything was just i just stopped fucking caring about like doing better i started just letting the demons win and i remember i was like live jumping one day and like i happened to be following the kid who posted that video so i jumped into his live and a bunch of people were talking so like i'm going back and forth and like suddenly we i don't know how it happened we ended up on like a group chat and like now we're in snapchat so there's like you know five or six of us from tiktok that are like actually like talking and we're talking on the snapchat so like he starts talking oh it's my birthday a couple weeks and i'm like oh where are you from he's like oh new hampshire and i'm like dude i fucking live in mass like where in new hampshire are you and he's like oh so it turns out he's like an hour north of me and i'm like dude for your birthday like let's fucking get together like let's fucking do something he's like all right so i drive north to meet this kid um and i'm not really sure if he wants to like 
you know, be revealed. So I'm not going to reveal who he is, but uh, I drive up to, to, to meet him and we go to this bar and like first time we ever met each other. I never met anyone off TikTok. It was like awkward first, first fucking date of guys hanging out. Like, <laughs> you know, and like we had gotten along, we had talked a little bit about how both of us had our issues and struggled. And I told him how his video meant a lot to me. Cause like, that's how I was feeling. And like you had put into words what I couldn't say. And we're just like talking, we're slamming back whiskey, we're drinking. And he looks at me and he's like, oh, dude, like, you know, I, I lost, you know, 85 pounds in the last year. And I was like, wait, you have? And it's like funny because like you see people and you don't realize like the journeys they actually went through, which is like something I super learned from this whole thing um, was that like other people have been on journeys and you just don't know other fucking people's stories at all. Like you never will know other people's stories and until you get to know them, which is why it goes back to our political conversation. Like you don't fucking know why this guy has a political view that you don't like, you don't know what he's been through. You don't know who he is. Like get to know the fucking person. Right. So he tells me this. And I'm like, dude, I've, I've lost almost a hundred pounds in like last year. And he's like, what? So like, we're, we're just talking about that. Right. And he is not a heavy guy whatsoever. He probably weighs what you weigh. Um, and, you know, I was over 300 pounds at this point. And he started telling me, I started going to the gym. I started getting sick of it. My girlfriend had dumped me. Like, I just was so depressed. I didn't know what to do. So I turned to the gym and I lost 85 pounds. And so I was like, well, I could fucking do that. Like, I've never gone to the gym before. Like, I mean, I have, but I never really fucking committed to it. So like two days later, he posts this video and he's like, all right, Jim talk. Am I calling you out? Like, I want to cut my weight more. So like, what do I do? Like how are we gonna do it? So I stitched it and I was like, Hey man, I know fucking jack shit about the gym. I know jack shit about cutting your weight, but I do know that I'm pretty fucking motivated when it comes to, you know, any kind of competition. So why don't we make this a fucking competition, man? Like I will go and lose weight and you can go and lose weight. And the person who loses the most weight by my birthday, which is five, four months from now, we'll buy, we'll buy a steak dinner and whiskey for the other one. And so he like accepted it. So like that day before I even stitched him, like I, I had already gone and bought a bunch of healthy shit. I had already gone into a gym. Like I filmed the whole thing. I put the whole stitch together, told him what I was doing. And so I just started going to the gym the next day. And I was like, all right, this is okay. This sucks, but it's okay. Like I'm fucking dying. It lasted like 40 minutes. I went for a run. It was six. I went for a run. It was 16 minutes. I was like, I can't believe I just fucking did a 16 minute mile. I was expecting 20 minutes. Like, great. I'm fucking awesome. I'm fit. Let's do this. So all of a sudden, like it just got easier, like and it just got more like ser like the serotonin, like we talked about, was coming back. Like so, all of that like negative thoughts and like the depression and the anxiety and like how bad I was feeling, like how I couldn't fucking get out of my own head. Obviously, I didn't sort that out though. And at one point, I hit a wall where it was like the serotonin was pumping, but the depression was going. So I can't figure out how to get through the two of them. So I ended up getting into therapy and like talking to somebody which is fucking massive. And anyone listen to this thing, if you ever say to yourself, I'm never going to talk to anyone. I don't feel like that. You're fucking wrong. You You're wrong. You like it is it. absolutely amazing because the person doesn't know you. They don't care what you've been through. You could tell them anything and everything you're feeling or what you're about or any secrets you have or anything you're holding on to. And it just feels good because they don't judge you for it. They just try to help you through it. And like, it took me a little while to get used to it, but it, it's been great. And all of a sudden, like all of that, like depression, and anxiety turned into how am I going to work out harder? And then I stepped into a fucking barbell gym and now I was 270 at this time, maybe, maybe uh, probably 280 when I stepped in this barbell gym and I'm like, dude, I can't be here. Like these guys are all fucking heavyweight lifters. They're fucking competing. There's like professional Olympic shit here. There's kegs and stones. I was like, I don't, what am I doing here? And my friend was like, we're doing this. Like, I'm going to go with you. So she starts going with me. We start fucking powering through all these workouts. The weight 
isn't changing as much, but my body just went like from this to like this, and then went to this. And the next thing I know, I went from a three XL in February and I'm wearing a large t-shirt as we're talking right now. I haven't lost a hundred pounds. I've lost 21 pounds since or 31 pounds since February, but wait, is that right? No, almost 40 pounds, 39 pounds. Sorry. My math is terrible. I've lost like 39, 39 pounds since February, but like, my body, I've lost 18 inches on my waist in a year. Um, in the last, since the day I started the gym, I was at a 52 inches waist. I'm at a 40 inch waist today. Like the, you gotta like remember when you're going through this, the number doesn't fucking count. What it counts is like what you're doing to your body and how yeah. your body is changing. You gotta look at other milestones. So I started learning to celebrate like other milestones. So the best milestone, the whole reason I bring this back to the story is yeah, girls can be assholes. Girls treat you like shit. But the best feeling in the entire fucking planet as two guys talking right now on a podcast is the day you can look down in the shower and see your own dick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the best milestone that I have gone through in my weight loss journey that I didn't have to like. And like my my best friend's uncle, the girl I was telling you about, her uncle used to always call me dicky do. He used to be like, yeah. you're a dicky do. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, oh, that means your belly hangs over more than your dicky do. Yeah, and I'm like, I heard that stupid fucking joke. I hate right. It. So like I was called that like my that was my nick. That was my fat ass nickname or whatever you had. Uh, like that was his nickname for me it was dicky do. So I remember I fucking I sent a video to my friend. And I was like, you better fucking tell your uncle. You can't call me fucking dicky do no more. It was like the best feeling of the world, though, when you look down. So all I'm saying, ladies, is if you're going to try to slide in my DMs now, when I couldn't slide in your DMs, then I can see my own dick. I don't need you. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. Yeah. Um. Well, I had uh, like my body. I've always carried the majority of my weight in my gut and in my hips. So when I started losing weight and even like now, I don't work out, but I play a shit ton of golf. Uh, I'm talking I love about, golf. I, I, I love play golf. a lot. I fuck you, yeah, dude. Me and you, I'm coming to Boston <laughs> and we're going to play golf. You probably golf. would destroy me. I'm not, I'm still getting used to the new I'm, swing because yeah, like, I got to use the I'm belly. Bogey. I'm bogey golf at best. I'm okay, bogey perfect. Golf. All right. Well, then I'm, we get along just fine. I'm, I'm bogey. The best score I've ever had on nine is a 41. Uh, that's, that's the best I've ever shot is a 41 on nine. There we go. A little technical difficulty, but we're good. Yeah, I'm bogey golf at best. Yeah, that's how I am. 100% bogey golf, 100%. I uh, I just play to stay on the fairway. I don't play for the number. So that's how I look at it. If I could stay on the fairway for a whole game and not lose a ball, then I'm winning at golf. Yeah, I, I, I'm very competitive. So, like, I've only took up golf in the past couple of years, and it takes forever to learn how to do it right. So I'm, oh, just yeah. now, I'm just now getting to where people call me to go play in scrambles and stuff with them. Um, so, yeah. Oh, but I'd that, never be called for that. <laughs> so, like, so, like, when you're talking about – the seeing your dick again i'm telling you the best feeling ever is i call it the fupa the fat upper pussy area right here the, between yeah. your belly and uh above your dick and when mine started shrinking and my dick started looking better oh yeah, yeah. i'm telling you that's that is it's one of the best feelings in the world why well, i like, snapped my buddy and i like the day it happened like i remember i got out of the shower i was so fucking excited i was like i cannot believe this just happened and i snapped my buddy and i was like i could fucking see my dick and he all he snaps back is him dying laughing and he goes hey after i lost 85 pounds i'm gonna tell you it definitely grew a few inches and i was like wait he's like yeah really. every 20 pounds you lose it grows an inch and i'm like you didn't tell me this. That's, so that, this whole time, all I'm saying is my millimeter Peter is now like a quarter centimeter Peter because I lost 100 pounds. So let's see how far we can bring this. We're going for three inches, ladies. We're going all for right. three inches. I'm just going to tell you, if they told every man that you did got bigger, the more weight you lost, everybody would be on crack. Well, everybody, we just fucking – we, we, we just told them. 
Uh, everybody, we, we just stole everyone, and now we just created the biggest pandemic in the world. Everyone's yeah. just gonna do crack. So like crack, that's coke, what meth, whatever. I mean, it is. <laughs> if you tell a fat guy his dick's gonna get bigger, he's, he's gonna do whatever. Um, well, dude, I very much appreciate it. this show was ten times better than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was just gonna be. Inspiring. This was awesome, man. I, I thought it was just gonna be inspiring, but you are you're fucking great. Yeah, I I would love to. Me and you gonna have to become buddies, and I'm you're gonna hundred percent, oh, dude. You're gonna have dude, to. Dude, this was phenomenal, game. man. I can't thank you yeah. enough for having me on the show. Like, uh, I'm glad it turned out the way it did because, like, I, like I'm not like a lot of people say to you, oh, you're such an inspiration. Yeah, you inspire me. And I'm like, half the time, I'm like, no, I made that fucking TikTok because I, I want to like see my changes. I want to see my like what I'm going through. So when I have those days where I don't understand what the fuck is going on in my body or like understand why I didn't lose the 10 pounds, I can see the direct changes. So everyone's like, oh, you're such an inspiration. I don't know how to be a fucking inspiration. I don't know how to be this guy that like tells you inspiring stories. All I can do is show you that hard work fucking matters. Well, like, I think that that is probably what's made you popular up to this point is uh there's a lot of people that you can go listen to that can motivate you like uh what's the fucking dude that has heart surgery once a year that i like so much that i can't remember oh. his name uh he's a black guy um i think the fucking world of him um there's documentaries and shit about him oh it's gonna, I, I, it's gonna drive it's gonna drive me nuts but anyways from california uh if you listen to this guy talk about he's got the one who says uh uh his, his tagline or whatever is um um it's your fucking set it's your fucking set you know the oh 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 um um fuck i can't remember his name uh and it's gonna drive me insane because i like I, the second we're done this you do know we're both gonna know the name oh, yeah, and like send know, each other a I message know. like you but, know that's uh, gonna happen but I'm, I'm gonna have to look him up while we're actually doing it. but for people to be inspired that guy can inspire in a way that we can't with words i think what makes you talking about your weight loss so special as you're showing it and you're showing it that it doesn't have to come from you know some guy with a, a lot of money or for for whatever you're losing weight the right way you're not you know i don't think you didn't bring up if you did that you had uh whatever weight loss surgery or whatever nope. it is what's it called like when you get no the- but i will say uh speaking of weight loss surgery if you have been out there and you have had weight loss surgery i've one thousand percent support that because there was many a moments where i was like i have to do this this way and i just chickened out of doing it but like if you're gonna go out and you're gonna have like weight loss surgery do it like any choice you have to change your life that's a choice that you're making for yourself and for nobody else so don't ever think that you're lower or different because i have had people slide into my dms and be like well i had weight loss surgery i didn't do it like you it's like you still fucking did it yeah you still my, fucking did it and the guy so, that we, the guy that we was looking for his name is ct fletcher that's his the, name yes I could, I could i don't know why the fuck i could not remember cc one of my real real good friends that goes on a lot of our like trips or whatever as far as creators and people go her name's kate stinson kate stinson's got like a million plus followers she goes by like southern oreo or kate unfiltered where the fuck it is she got the surgery and she lost a lot of weight and she looks so fucking amazing and i don't knock anybody if they do get it if by all means i just think that there's something special about doing it all natural yeah i mean there is like and there's it's a lot of hard work and like it's a lot of determination and you have to be able to commit to it but like you have to always remember though even when you're starting off like you're still gonna slip up so when you slip up though it's about how you get back up or how you get back to it that really fucking matters it doesn't matter that you slipped up it doesn't matter that you had your mcdonald's bender on a saturday night after you had a few beers which happened to me like two weeks into my fucking journey now like my gym journey i remember i got shit faced we're driving home from the bar my friend's wife's driving us and i'm like 
we have to go to McDonald's. She's like, I thought you were on a diet. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Go get me a fucking McChicken right now. And the next day I woke up and I was like, I can't believe I did that. Oh my fucking God. And I haven't had McDonald's since. Well, I've had McDonald's Diet Coke when I'm hungover, but that's a different story. But like, that's the thing. It's all about how you get back up when you fall off that fucking horse. Like you just got to keep on pushing. And eventually, regardless of what mistakes you make, they will pay off in the end. I promise. You just gave me the name for the show. I entitle every show different and I try to make them funny or whatever. Uh, you, I'll, I'll send it to you when I get done. I don't want anybody okay. to know what it is yet. But it, you just, you gave me a great, <laughs> I was wondering what you were writing down. <laughs> no, it was it's so I don't fucking forget. But uh, but dude, drop your social media links real fast. Like, tell them what it is. Uh, uh okay. So I recently just got Instagram. So I am on Instagram, and that's uh at Brendo B R E N D O underscore L I C I O U S. So Brendo Delicious is my nickname. I've had it since I was eighteen years old. Uh, a drunk buddy gave it to me. It just kind of stuck with me. But that one is underscore. So it's Brendan. Well, sorry, Brendo underscore Licious. Uh, and I am on TikTok. And uh, TikTok is just straight Brendo Licious. So B-R-E-N-D-O-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. I don't have Facebook or anything like that. I just have those two as the active social medias right now. Um, but you can follow my journey on TikTok majority. And I'm starting to share a lot more on Instagram as well. Cool. Well, dude, I appreciate it. And uh, me and you are going to stay in touch. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upload this tonight. I'll message you, and then you can make a TikTok about it. Tell folks to go listen to your story. Uh, you're a badass. You're a badass. And no, uh, you're a badass, and, man. And I really appreciate you doing this, it. man. No, this uh, was awesome, man. Thank you so much, man. And let's keep in touch. Come to Boston. We play some golf. We'll uh, go to the Sox game, yeah. I promise. You just sold me. You throw some strippers <laughs> in there, and I'm good to go. <laughs> hey, and thank every one of y'all for listening to Politics, Religion, and Wisdom.